0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Puzzle, brought to you by FullScale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Start a Puzzle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Now, for those of you that listen a lot, you know that I'm fascinated with creativity and innovation, especially the on off switch that some people have. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, it's, it's very difficult to just suddenly be creative. Uh, Telling a creative person to quote, be creative. is like walking up to a comedian and saying, say something funny. It's not as easy as it sounds. Now, Before we get too far into this i do want to let you know that today's episode of startup hustle is sponsored by tesseract ventures tesseract ventures helps companies become smarter better connected and more efficient through next generation robotics 21st century software and radically connected platforms you can visit tesseractventures.io to learn more or scroll down and click the link in the show notes now as promised i've got a subject matter expert with me today Joining us is Nir Bashan. Nir is the CEO and founder of the Creator Mindset Consulting. He's got a great new book that just came out. I'm going to give him a chance to tell us all about that. Joining us from Orlando, Florida. Welcome to Startup Hustle, Nir. Thank
1: you, sir. Good to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this. This is, uh, as I mentioned before we hit record, this is a a subject I've been fascinated with for a while. But before we get too far into that, let's get a little bit about your backstory.
1: Yeah, sure, man. Uh, So I've been a serial entrepreneur my whole life. Um, I started my first business when I was nine years old in Los Angeles. Uh, Not to date myself, but, you know, it was the mid 80s and people would go and buy like a shiny brand new pontiac 6000 you know and they were like yeah best car ever you know pontiac and uh i would go door to door asking them to wash it you know We'd go door to door and people would be like no way i just spent you know 8900 dollars on that brand new pontiac there's no way so i'm giving you know some punk kid the keys um and so i learned at my first first ever enterprise that I needed to be creative in order to do well. And so we ended up, you know, offering people other things, like uh, I wash trash cans, and I would help people do, you know, clean up and do all these other things. And you know, fast forward to today, uh, you know, I've run many companies, and I've owned my own. and it's amazing how much I've learned going door to door washing card that still applies today, right? I've signed countless, just like you have Matt, man, you you've signed countless master services agreements, right? Countless uh, uh, statements of work. And yet, you know, what a client ends up wanting, you need to be a little bit more creative than what kind of in the letter of the offering. And for me, uh, that was born at a a young age and has carried with me throughout my entire life. I am always looking for people that are doing well. Uh, Those people generally are creative and people who don't do well generally are not. So I've dedicated my life to becoming more creative in everything that I do.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the book that you just published. It's called The Creator Mindset, which we're uh, stealing the title of for today's episode. And I'd like to just hear more about what that means to you and what the book is about.
1: Yeah. So the book is about how to be more creative at work. I, uh, Matt, am a serial entrepreneur, right? So about six, seven years ago, I looked at the market and there was zero books on the how of creativity everything was on the why why should you be creative oh it's great why you know and I read every book on the in the marketplace and every book would like super exciting but then it got to the end and I couldn't have any action items I couldn't Start doing. And so I pitched this idea around. We got four different um, major publishers in the U.S. that were like, yes, this is the right time for a how book. And so it's 92 tools to unlock the secret to innovation, growth and sustainability. Um, It's only been out two weeks now and the feedback so far has been amazing. Uh, Everyone from Bill Taylor, who is the founder of Fast Company, um, loves the book. Um, General Stanley McChrystal uh, gave me a, a really nice endorsement. And so, it's basically a guide to how to make creativity happen. And I have some controversial thoughts about creativity that, that are in the book that have, I think, pushed some, some readers outside their comfort zone, but that's a good thing because I believe that, uh, creativity comes from moments where you're not comfortable.
0: I I couldn't agree with that last statement more. I mean, I think that, that it's, it's, well, discomfort in general, causes a lot of innovation. I mean, that's pretty much the definite. I mean, it's a very, it's a synonym of disruption. Uh, Now, as far as creativity now, so much about uh, everything shifted to why everyone wanted the why of everything. And a lot of stuff got, it, it stayed away from how, and how didn't, you know, how was, how was sexy for a while? And then why took over and, you know, but the, the thing is, is you, you still have to have a strong grasp on the how side of things. And, you know, it's easy to say, yes, you need to be more creative. You need to be more agile, but it is completely lacking creativity to not tell you how. And, right. and so I appreciate, I appreciate your approach with that. And, you know, when it you know, I want to talk about the controversial things more than anything else. You really, my <laughs> You're right? There, but th- that sounds like the most fun thing we right. can talk let's, about. Let's and dive what in. I'd man. Like to, what I'd like to ask you is, did you find so? You know, I've written three books myself, and and the best part about writing a book is definitely finishing it, um, (laughs) says everyone, but with that, you usually unlock a few, you unlock a few different things and you find out some stuff about yourself and about different people. And writing a book is an interesting research project. Did you, so starting from the basic fundamentals related to creativity, did you discover anything related to why people generally aren't creative?
1: Yeah, totally. And, and I agree with you, Matt, like, you know, writing a book is like owning a boat, right? It's the first day that you get it. And then the day that you sell it are your two favorite days of boat ownership. That's exactly what, That's you know, writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I found that, um, you know, uh, here's the thing, right? I traced it back and, and we did extensive research on the book. It turned out that 50, 60, 70,000 years ago, we were you know, early man lived to like 22. I mean, seriously, man, we we were just decimated by, you know, the climate, by beasts that were way more powerful than we were. And so, you know... What ends up happening is when you're living, you know, 20 years tops, uh, you get into routines of comfort. That comfort breeds predictability, and that predictability makes it ensures that you'll live, okay. And so here we are today with a very similar mindset and a very similar construct, and yet, you know, we get an email that we don't want to answer. We get this like pain, and we're like, ugh. And that same pain, that same trigger of hormone or, you know, uh, that sort of feeling that we get is the same thing that, you know, we had 50,000 years ago that triggered us that said, Oh, you know, if you open this email and you respond to this person, you know, you're going to die. And so today we still have those triggers that protect us from, uh, from, Staying alive and protect us from dying. And those are the things that we uh, today uh, carry with us in everything we do. So we're afraid to take risks. And because we're afraid to take risks, we don't get creative about on anything. Um, I talked to countless businesses across the US. I work with, you know, everyone from AT&T to JetBlue, Microsoft, different, you know, Fortune 100, 500. And I work with, you know, small companies too. And I find consistently over and over that people are too afraid of being creative because they figure that what worked yesterday will work tomorrow and that will continue on forever. But a lot of people got their world super rocked, man, when, uh, when COVID hit. And so I argue that if you're not consistently creative, you're going to get left behind in the dustbin of history.
0: So one of the, and I, I, agree with you. And I think that that fear of failure and I, uh, you know, I, and creativity, if, if you are truly being creative and not just repetitive, meaning just not, you're not just mimicking what someone else did. You usually subject yourself to a little bit of, of commentary, um, from peers, the industry. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff. And I think that that fear of failure is what you were just describing. Um, so, yeah, I can buy into that. I think another thing is, is well, you know, creativity in general is something that some people are wired a little. They have a few more wires running into that part of the brain. Um, I think it comes with uh, with certain personality styles a lot more than others, which is fine. Um, and, you know, it, now the, the real question is, is if you're someone that has... An ability to do that now have you always considered yourself to be creative
1: i have you know uh and i sort of wondered why but he, here's uh, you want to start stepping into the controversial parts
0: yeah, we go yeah, there? Sure. okay yeah, so here's
1: here's a controversial thing uh that i say um i think and i've proven it as best as i could that everyone is born creative no matter who you are uh, no matter whether okay. you think you're creative or you don't think you're creative or you think that you know uh, you're like a superstar of innovation, or you're the last thing from it. Every single human being on Earth was born creative, and somewhere along the way, education, schooling, the military, uh, you know grad school, uh, heaven forbid, business school, has kind of taken you off that path of using creativity to solve problems and has forced you into analytics. That's something that I say that gets people a little bit uh, uncomfortable uh, because they tell me, near, I don't play an instrument. I don't know how to play the trumpet. I'm not creative. But it turns out that, controversial point number two, that um, art music and all that stuff is but 1% of the entirety of the creative spectrum. It is just a little portion of it, yet most of us are introduced to creativity through um, art, right? We, 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 that's how we feel creativity or whatnot, yet, um, yet it's, it's tragically a very, very small, small, small portion of our entire creative potential. So How about that man, it, it, two well, of them, boom, right well, there. I
0: mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's highly controversial, though. And and now I can see why some people would feel that way. I mean, I it think makes people that, uncomfortable. Yeah, I can see that, and I think that the analytics side, I could see that in business because you know so much of of what we're trained to do, often in school, is related to just baseline. What are your KPIs? X over Y, yeah. you know, and like. <laughs> God forbid you say Y over Z, you know, and and different stuff. Now, I I mean, creativity comes in a bunch of different forms and so much in the, in the tech industry, you know, you have buzzwords like agile and an agile approach is a creative approach. That means we're not just taking a blueprint and building it centimeter by centimeter. And that means that we're going to adapt and we're going to change. And that on some levels is creativity. Uh, to some people, when they hear creativity, they think like painting. Like I, right. I, I own a significant number of original paintings by an artist named Nate Trotter, who literally replicates in like a high definition format uh, in, with acrylic paint the same thing he'll see on a on a on a, uh, a photograph. Now, the question is: is is that creative or is that just replication? Now, I can't do it. I couldn't even come right. close. Like, right. It's shocking. So, you know, and then so there's something that connects between his head and his hand that allows him to do that. Yes. But you have to see things differently. It's the same thing with someone that writes code and innovates something. And, you know, like, here's another thing, too. It's like a lot of people want to get into uh, the AI, the machine learning. You know, you have things like chatbots and stuff like that. You have to have a level of creativity just to do some of that because, Nothing will stump you more than, oh, well, what would our response to that be? And you're like, huh, uh, I don't yeah. know, what would a person say? You know, right. and and so there's, you know, the, the create, creative side. Now, I think that those, so one of the things that I found, and I mentioned earlier connection with the music industry. Now, you know, I worked for a musical instr- instrument manufacturer for eight years, and I also worked in the live event ticketing industry for a similar amount of time. And my relationship, I got to know people in the music industry. So I started asking like ro- literally like rock stars, um, you know, how do you do it? Like what makes you turn it on? And one of the things that was a bit of a recurring theme was they never let themselves get so far away from that creative place mentally Yeah, that, that they were far away from it when they needed to get back into it. And, I, you know, so you know, you see these guys, if you're around and most people don't see this because you don't go into the show until it's about to start and everything like that. But you'll see that during the day, a lot of these, the people, the performers, they're not doing a lot of things. Like they're not carrying in gear. They're not setting it up. And you see a lot of times it looks like they're practicing. So I've asked him like, well, are you practicing? They're like, no, I'm just trying to not be so far away from where I need to be when the spotlight shines on me. So yeah. I think that what you said with the, the, the training and the upbringing and creativity is that we don't push people into that space and we don't keep them near it enough that when you need to access it, if you're not doing creative shit all day and then all of a sudden you're like, you have to walk in the other room. And it's like I said at the beginning of the show, it's like, do something creative. Uh-huh. You know, it's like the, be the funny. mindset. has well, that, well, that's a, that's a funny thing. I've actually talked to like touring comedians. I'm like, what's the most annoying thing? And they're like, people walk up to me all the time and they're like, say something funny. I'm like, yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so but but yeah. it's the same thing. It, it, so do do you think that that keeping yourself are, are there drills, is there training like yes. how like yes. what's the how? Yes. Like it's Yes, like, yes, yes. Okay, so so yes t- on let's everything. Let's talk about that a little bit.
1: So, totally. so so so
0: my 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 research with the musicians is proving is is running parallel with some of the stuff in your book then. Oh no doubt Meaning like Okay, well let's talk about that. No doubt bit, I I, I, worked, think that so that, I think that's an important thing.
1: Totally, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I worked in music, too. Uh, I worked with uh, hip-hop artists, a lot of hip-hop artists. Um, I worked with Rod Stewart. I worked with KRS-One. Uh, I was in LA for 38 years. I worked in Hollywood. And I noticed R- that...
0: Rod Stewart is my favorite hip-hop artist. Yeah, way. he's
1: a good. He's, he's got some good rhymes. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> and so I discovered that you know, and, and I work with other people too, you know, the one hit wonders and and stuff like that. And I noticed that there's two kinds of people, right? One, they're the people that exactly what you're talking about, they have a process. They have a predictable way to get creativity going. And the other people are on drugs or alcohol, and that's their way to get creativity going. And so you don't need to be on drugs and alcohol. An alcohol to be creative. You just need a routine and a process. I talk in the book about my routine and my process, and then I've honed over 20 plus years. And it's basically to break down what you are doing into three categories, right? The first is the conceptual level of your product or service. The second is the idea, which is like the middle level. And finally, I have the execution, which is the exact product or service that your uh, career or your business provides. And I I give people pens and I give people a sheet of paper. Listen, my stuff is about doing. If you want philosophy or whatever, I'm not your guy. If you want to learn how to be creative and to do it, then I am your your person, right? So I have, I give people a sheet of paper and I tell them, you know, start writing, and we start to write the concept of the business, and we start to then write the idea, and then we send write the execution, and most people have never thought of their business unless they're maybe doing a three- or five-year projection in anything other than the executionary part of their business. It's amazing, Matt. Like, most people only stay at the atomic level where they see a bunch of atoms, but they can't see what those atoms make up, so I have kind of a, a popular example that I use with a pizzeria. Right. So the execution of the pizzeria is the meat lovers, cheesy crust, double stuffed medium with, uh, you know, uh, a thin crust kind of thing. And that's the execution. And most people tell me, Nir, I'm totally creative. I said, okay, cool. What do you got? And they're like, we're going to put sausage on that pizza. Huh? Huh? And I'm like, yeah, that's you're just that's another execution of that particular execution. Let's go up a level and see. And they're like, why would we do that? We'd never go up a level. I'm like, let's go up a level and start to think creatively. And I literally help people understand that, you know, instead of pizza, maybe we should start looking at, you know, something different. Maybe it's a uh, calzone. Maybe it's a uh, a, a different. Approach to Italian food. Maybe it's fresh Italian. Maybe it's you know not using preservatives. And they go, oh, interesting. So if I not use preservatives, that's the idea, right? I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what execution can you come up with? Well, they're like, well, maybe like a you know a healthier alternative to pizza or something like that. I'm like, boom, that's creativity. And then I've worked with businesses. all the way up to the to the concept level where they change really their identity of who they are and are able to fit this system into execution which gives them you know uh, totally different products and services so listen creativity can be taught It can be learned, and it can be predictably repeated, turned on, like you said, Matt, whenever you want it. You just need the basic tools of how to do it, and I'm shocked. Dude, I am shocked that nobody did this before. I'm shocked that I'm the first guy to write this down in a book. It's shocking to me um, because it's so valuable and because it's so easy to do, um, and every tool is free. It's just mindset shift. It's just – Perspective shifts, looking at things a bit differently, a a bit with fresh and new eyes, and for me that is exciting. It's it's my life's work, and I really, really get excited when people start to think differently about their product or service.
0: You know, and we we were, and I want to get into to more of the ninety two things that are in your book, but I also want to thank our production staff for correctly aligning sponsors with our episodes. Because once again, today's episode is brought to you by Tesseract Ventures. If you you believe there's nothing more human than technology, go check out what the inventors, engineers, and creatives are building over at TesseractVentures.io. From robots to flexible tech solutions for construction and beyond, the Tesseract team dreams it and makes it come to life. Um, it was a very, very, uh, timely and, uh, appropriate placement of, yeah. of our episode sponsors. And, you know, that, and that, that is an interesting company because it is built all around creativity. They cool. have different labs and things that they focus on and they make everything from toys to robots. And it's really cool. I, wow. I, am a big fan of what they do. Um, and, and, you know, you talk about that, I I've gotten to know their founder quite well, and we have. Conversations about creativity and what it takes to innovate, and you know, sometimes it's it's well, for those that that have, in my opinion, as it, all right. For me personally, I get so many ideas that run through my head. I got to figure out a way to filter out like ninety nine out of a hundred. Uh, sometimes just to keep my own sanity, because it starts rattling yeah. around in your head. It's kind of like having a bunch of marbles in a in a dryer or something and you know so you're trying to get those out what how do you feel about like what are your thoughts on on that filter like because like I said with creative people you often have so many things going on and so much stuff comes up how do you latch on to to what's worth continuing to be creative with and what isn't
1: so it's a really good question right you're you're on um you know, more on the creative side of that, of that split of that spectrum. And that's a wonderful thing. I advocate for people not to be too creative and not to be too analytical. I feel that the human-minded best in balance in the center, right? You you and I both have that friend who's brilliant, like super creative, and he's still living in the basement with mom and dad. Uh, I'm sure your listeners can agree. And then we all have that friend who's super analytical and couldn't come up with an idea to save his or her life, right? So I don't want people to be on the extremes. I want people to grab the best from the analytics, grab the best from the creative, and come to the middle. Matt, I did a, a, a keynote for realtors and i had a lady run up to me afterward this is february now right before COVID hit, and she was a realtor right and she's like uh near you know uh i got a million ideas ideas are not my problem i said okay tell me about them she's like no problem so i this is what i do it's crazy i'm number three in my region number five and blah 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 i'm the Second best closer in all of the state of, you know, Georgia or whatever. And blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, cool, cool. What what are the ideas? Tell me the idea. She's like, okay, so on the listing, instead of staging, I do this, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, cool. What else? She's like, okay, so instead of doing this, on the listing, I change it to blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, what else? On the listing, on the listing, on the listing, every idea. Uh, Matt was not a fresh new idea. Again, it was an, a different, slightly different execution. It was just a slightly different execution and not an original enough idea or, you know, a high level enough idea to to be worthwhile to chase. So, for you and for people that are super brilliant, very, very successful, I've, I've done a bit of research on the company and very, very impressed with everything that you've done with the books. Um, You know i would advise that you start to look at those ideas and say to yourself are these really new and fresh and different concepts and ideas or are they simply just a bunch of executions that i have that are maybe getting a slightly different flavor now there is a time and a place for flavoring those types of executions. I mean, that is one of the most brilliant things that you can do creatively. But if you literally have 100 marbles in your head and you're trying to quiet down 99 of them so that you can pick the one winner out, I would advise you, Matt, that you start to look at it in a higher level picture and start to understand that the execution might not be high level enough to be guided by the idea. And if the idea is able to be uh, um, realized, then it will give you manifestations of execution that are completely different.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you talk about that. So ideas are cheap. Uh, Execution is expensive and (laughs) valuable. Yeah. And, you know, we, we sometimes have joked because in the past, you know, full skill grew for us so quickly. I mean, a couple hundred employees two years later, and we're sitting there going, man, on some days we have A plus ideas and C minus execution. And, you know, the, <laughs> the, the greatest idea and the most creative anything isn't worth, it's weight and in, in anything, if you can't get it to market, if you can't do anything with it now, that's not actually, I'm going to, I'm going to strike that from the record. Cause it's not completely true. Like you can be really creative. You can make a really awesome painting and you can hang it on your wall and your reward might be your enjoyment of what you've created for as long as you enjoy it or give it away to someone. Totally. So like I said, I'm going to strike that part from my record. Now, when it comes to business though, uh. Uh-uh. It's, it's not how it works. And it was, it was funny because I was talking to, I was actually talking to Lauren Conaway, one of our other hosts on Startup Hustle. Yeah. And uh, we were and so look, it, we were just kind of joking about awards and recognition. And I, I said, you know, the thing with winning awards for whatever it is that you're doing is trying to fit those things in that tube at the drive up teller at the bank. They're so hard to get in there and deposit into your bank account um uh. and i was go- i was you know it's just a joke because who gives a shit if you win an award like it's okay but yeah that's like that you know and and that that's a funny thing because you know I, I i'm 45 years old i don't give a shit give me your fucking award or don't like i doesn't have any bearing on my business <laughs> on my ego it's not why i wake up in the morning but some right. people you know when they they and where am i going with this okay so that recognition is often the validation that, or the ranking that some people need to feel that they were creative or they were innovative. And, you know, like you mentioned the realtors, like I'm number five, I'm number three, I'm number two. I'm like, who cares? Yeah, they're like, into it. You know, yeah, it does. But it, that's the thing is, is I don't think that the people, okay, the people that I know that are the most creative, they do not give a shit about any of that. Like they don't care. They just want you to leave them alone. Like they don't want to go. They don't want to go receive the award because it takes them away from whatever they're doing. And and so, and I want to encourage not only you, Nir, but anyone else listening to come uh, join us on the Startup Hustle Chat and face on the Facebook group that we have. Uh, we just woke that thing back up recently and got a thousand, over a thousand people in it in like three days. And we were having a discussion there last night about what's the difference between genius and crazy. (laughs) And that's, that's a, that's an interesting dichotomy between the two, because it's all about external uh, perception. Like, and, and I've been asking people that question for a couple of years and the best answer I've, I've received is on, is who cares? And it was given, it was given in the context of like, who cares? Cause if you spend time worrying about, it's all, it's all out external perception. It's all the way that people are viewing things. And if you're spending time focusing on that, then you are distracting yourself from whatever it is you're trying to be a genius at. And so, so with that, I will ask you the question, what do you, what do you think the difference between genius and crazy is?
1: You know, it's a it's an interesting question. Uh, I think that, um, you know, here's what I think. I think that you have to really be honest to who you are and that your product or your service, your business will follow uh, therein. I think that far too many people are so busy chasing that like glorious you know thing that they're going for. I'm a genius. I want to hit you know this glorious thing. But what they're doing is they're ignoring all the little things along the way that point them where they need to go, right? And so you get kind of crazy trying to get to that path. Um, and you know what's the difference between somebody who's crazy and who is a genius? So I think it's the way that you look at your goals. And if you're looking at goals. In increments, in what I call little victories in the book, which is a way to see little victories come together to point you in the right direction. Like I said, Matt, when I wash cars, right, I, I thought, dude, that is my business. I got a bucket. I got, I was nine. I got soap. That's it. I'm in, dude. I got, you know, inventory and ready to go. And I didn't wash
0: any cars. You got $11 and I'm rich.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, so, what I, my point is, is that I feel that far too many businesses, um, entrepreneurs, uh, business owners, even, are so busy focusing on that genius pie in the sky goal that they forget that what really builds your business is those little victories along the way. And I'll tell you a story. There was an ice cream salesman a few years ago who wanted to sell a crap load of ice cream machines, and that was his goal. It's an analytical goal, right? Volume. Volume was his goal. And so, you know, he went and didn't do so well, didn't sell a lot of machines, but he noticed there was a restaurant in LA or outside of LA that, that ordered a few machines because they kept breaking. They were making a lot of milkshakes and stuff. So he, on a whim, he decided to go down and check out the restaurant, stood in line, the line was out the door and he ate the best cheeseburger he's ever had. All right. The guy's name was Ray Kroc in the restaurant with McDonald's. Now had he have just stayed on that genius, oh I'm a genius. I'm a genius at selling ice cream machines. Well says who, man? You know? And if he would have stayed there at that sort of level, um, we would have never had McDonald today, right? He allowed those little victories to guide him in the way that they need to go, Matt. And I think that your listeners and and more people in business today need to start to listen to what those little goals are telling them and start to develop them along the way to a path of success. I think that's really the difference between somebody who's a genius and somebody who goes crazy while they're trying to pursue their goals.
0: Yeah, you know, in my my book, Balance Me, I talked to about that same approach, um, you know, it is. I, oftentimes, people set goals and they view the goal as one singular action. Like, and I'll just use a real life goal. So, I, so, the one as I talk to a lot of people, like, what's your goal, or what have been some of your goals? Buying a house is a big one for just people in life. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So they'll say, "My goal is to buy a house." Well, here's the thing: is anybody that's bought a house realizes that that is like a whole bunch. Of little actions that stack up to that final result. Yeah, mini goals, much like you talked about with the, you talk about with the uh, with the approach to creativity and and these little victories. You know, you need to be detailed in your approach to getting that stuff done. And, and that same, and then you know, so then I would ask people. I said, "Well, what's preventing you from getting your achieving your goals?" And they overwhelmingly said, "Well, I don't have time. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that." And I, I realized that it wasn't that they didn't have time; it's just that we were choosing to use our time inefficiently, or uh, uh, investing, like spending time chasing low-value activities. Now, and I'll give you an example. My wife wants to learn how to le- how to speak French, so she got the Duolingo app on on her phone and has been messing with that thing for 15 to 30 minutes a day for a couple of weeks. And she was speaking French to me last night. And wow. I was like, Oh my God, you know, but the point is, is like, like the same thing with the language, or like, hey, I want to learn to speak French. You don't just wake up and speak French. Like, right. you got to do a whole bunch of different things. You That's got to right. eat the elephant one bite at a time. That's they right. Say if you're going to eat an elephant, start with the tail. And no, <laughs> I don't condone eating elephants. Right. But it is a, it is a, an example of what you need to do if you want to get there. And it's the same thing with business, it's like, you don't just. Go straight to the top and achieve the goal, like reverse engineer your success or the pattern that you want, all these different things, and then be prepared to be creative along the way because you're guaranteed to add a whole lot of items to that list because you don't know what you're doing until after you've done it most times and you need to be prepared to learn how to do other stuff along the way. Uh, I think the one thing that we've learned uh, in 400 episodes of Startup Hustle is the plan always changes. We love quoting Mike Tyson. Everyone had a plan until they got punched in the face. Right. So you got to be ready. And like, that's, that is a, that is a level of creativity and something that you need to consider on, you know, like a lot of different levels. So, you know, I mean, all important stuff now, before we get to the, to the, the thrilling conclusion here on Startup Hustle. I do want to remind you that Tesseract Ventures is a sponsor of today's episode, Startup Hustle. And Tesseract has brought Silicon Valley innovation here to the Midwest, where I am located. And they enable businesses just like yours to defy the boundaries of space and time through next generation technologies. Visit tesseractventures.io to learn more, or you can just click the link in the show notes. Now, speaking of links in the show notes, we got one for Nier. You can go to nearbashan.com you can learn more about him you can buy his book by the way i did just buy your book so in cool. some ways you got paid you got paid to be on the show today yes. Congratulations. 62 are, cents yeah perfect. buddy <laughs> that's why i own my that's why i don't use big publishers right yeah, yeah i, I
1: noticed that like, do you have your own publishing wing
0: <laughs> we yeah we just you know with all all of mine we just did it I hired an editor and we good. ended it good you know? yeah and, and some of that now that said I get seven dollars a book yeah good for um, you but I also don't have the power of a major publisher prom- yeah, I, promoting my shit so I had a really good uh, experience at McGrail, uh, I will live man. the rest of my they're, life they're not really knowing if people. that was a good or a, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and that's I just <laughs> I. <laughs> You know, I, I, it's funny, people ask me a lot. They're like, you've had three books that were number one on Amazon. Do you make a lot of money selling books? I'm like, no, no, (laughs) don't write a book. If your big plan is to write a book and get rich, it's not going to be from writing the book, probably like, right. That's just 1.4 million new books come out every year. You are a drop of water in the ocean on that one. And that's piled upon all of history's literature. (laughs) So yeah, there's a little bit of competition out there. uh, If you've ever gone and given a pitch and the investor's like, you're in a crowded space here. Yeah, then then they could be talking about publishing. Yeah, Yeah, they could be talking about publishing as well. (laughs) Um, But that said, go buy Nears book. Uh, cause just cause, you know, I, here's the thing is, is I want my 67 uh, well, cents, please. I, I'm curious. Yeah. What is that? Your, is this the first book you've written?
1: It's the first book, you know, and, um, and, how did it, uh,
0: how did that treat you? Like, what did you learn?
1: I learned a lot, you know, um, I learned that, um, you know, I learned that, writing is part of the experience but it's really learning to work with an editor and taking out stuff that isn't critical i got really lucky the editor that i worked with there um cheryl segura is like kind of a genius and so she was able to distill the book into really actionable items short Really good and bite-sized, um highlightable—you know, dog ear page type uh type of an experience. And so, yeah, I learned a lot. I I will do things a little bit differently on the next book, so that maybe I can make you know uh, seventy-two cents a copy.
0: It'll 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 come high aspirations. Out it, you'll you'll write if you write another one. So I I wrote two almost in parallel to each other. And okay. I, I hired a guy named Patrick Price and. Um, Patrick has, had been the editor on a dozen New York times bestsellers and, you know, the, the things he was also the guy that discovered, uh, he's just not that into you. That was Uh kind of a big one. Yeah. Um, you know, just like a several hundred million dollar franchise. Um, now that said, a lot of the things you mentioned, Patrick really instilled in me and like, well, for, for regular listeners, you've heard me say lead with a need. Um, that, that's straight out of his mouth. I mean, wow. that was like, he said that so many different times, but what you mentioned, I think is important when it comes to creativity and presentation as well as sometimes creative people get a, we get a little blah, 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 blah. Totally. You know? And it's like for him, he's like, Hey, look, you got to make these short, short, small tweet. bite-sized pieces. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Because the longer you stay on one thing, the longer that block is, the more, the higher your probability is that you're going to lose someone's interest. Now, that said, if you're going to go deep on a, on a subject or a topic, then you better pick, pick and choose your battles basically. Definitely. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was fun. I, and, uh, you know, one of the things if it for those aspiring authors, the one thing I learned from book one to book two was just like, do not look in the rearview mirror, just like get it all out. So the first book, I tried to polish it too much. The second book, I sent an apology note to Patrick when I sent him the first draft. <laughs> I was like, I did not look in the rearview mirror at, all, at any of this. And I am sorry, uh. but... And thank you. You know, but that was the thing is, is, is you don't have to be an excellent writer to write a great book. You right. need an excellent editor Yes, and you do have to have some ideas. So yeah, I'm I, That was interesting that that worked out the same for you. Um, now we end episodes of Startup Hustle with what we call the Founders Freestyle and I'm gonna give the mic to you here momentarily because I would like to hear your your uh, a little bit of your freestyle advice for the founders and entrepreneurs of the world. I mean, you can it's your freestyle, so you do it however you want. And if you want to spin it around creativity, that that would make sense too. But it's up to you. So here you go.
1: So freestyle would be this. I think that what would really help people is understanding, like we were talking about earlier, uh, Matt, that we're all born creative and that um, creativity is deeply ingrained in our DNA. It is who we are. And when we are constantly looking for market differentiation, we're constantly looking to stand out, right? And we're trying to figure out, okay, you know, what would stand out my product or service and software than the next guy? Um, it's time to look within, right? And it's not time to spend a lot of money and it's not time to buy a new piece of machinery, which is distraction from the goals that we that we love to do. Um, Because, you know, we feel like those things will bring in a return on investment. They sometimes do, but they won't in the long term. What you need to do is really look within and listen to that voice telling you who you are and start solving problems in your business with a different mindset. And that will open up opportunities that are unbelievably uh, lucrative if you just allow it to do so. you got to get out of your own way. In a, in a way, Matt, and the no BS approach is that you just got to quiet down the self-doubt. I, I have some techniques in the book on how to do that, but you find that self-doubt has destroyed more greatness for society than than anything else. Like we could have cured cancer by now. We could have had a woman on Mars easily by now. But, you know, that engineer or that doctor or researcher working on those cures, um, had some self-doubt. They, oh, I can't base my reputation on this idea. It's too out there, too wacky, too crazy. And then who 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 suffers? We all do, Matt. So if your listeners take one thing, right, out of the entire podcast, I hope it's that You're born creative. Your creativity is your DNA. It's literally your brand, your stamp onto the world of your product or service. Get out of your own way and get to it. It's not about, you know, philosophy. It's about doing.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on everything you said. And, you know, there's a a few things I'm going to parlay off of here. And, you know, look, being creative in a business doesn't always mean like this this massive rocket that's taking off to Mars. It's often about just like, Hey, there's you know, okay. Being creative can come in so many shapes and forms and you don't have to be, you don't have to revolutionize something to be fucking creative people. I'll give you an example the full scale blog. So we publish, if you haven't visited, go check it out. Fullscale.io. We publish an article uh, every weekday or most weekdays, on about entrepreneur stuff and you know for example we just got a little bit more creative with the way we were interacting with the people on those pages because a lot of them wanted help so we created a new type of interactive form that we put on there that kept the the visitor on the page and it asked useful questions and gave useful answers now that said overnight our quote lead gen went up four hundred percent, and it looks like it's and it looks like it's staying there. And you know the thing was is that just required a little bit of creativity. Now that wasn't. Now here's the thing: is is that little tiny slice of creativity does that have a possibility of having a massive impact on my business? Uh, if lead gen's up four hundred percent, I don't see how it couldn't. So, you know, but it did take a little bit of creativity. I had to, I had to go look for something because I'll give you an example, like, if someone goes to, they visit a blog article, they might not even know what you do. They, they leave the page, whatever you're wanting them to go to another page to another page and then find a contact form. Like, right. why not just keep them there? And you ask useful questions that say, Hey, do you want us to send you suggestions for what your software team could look like? Right. As a matter of fact, I would really enjoy that. Yes. So you know, but the thing is, is I just had to go out and it took me a little bit to find exactly what we needed or wanted. And then honestly, it took me longer to customize it than it did to find it right and it had to be creative and it was about like making it convenient and useful and and meaningful and stuff like that now that said um i'm not gonna probably list that as one of the 10 most creative things that i will do this year at the end of the year but i might look back at it and say that it it became the most impactful so you never know you never know the 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 funny thing was is i found that solution while looking while trying to address something completely different so you got to keep your mind open for creativity now here's the thing is once i i was looking for a, a way to actually for this podcast i was looking for a for a way to embed something on a page that that did a better job of bringing in potential guests cuz okay. we could i don't know Three or four people a day fill out a contact form, and it's just that you know, it's just not, you know, we wanted it to be a little more interesting. All of a sudden, I was like, shit, this should be somewhere else. Now, at that point, I realized I might be onto something. I tabled the other stuff, went over, Mm -hmm. spun this other plate. Now, that said, like, that's what creativity is, people. It's about Keeping your eyes, your ears, and your mind open to where the things you see could be useful, where you could change something. You know, a lot of stuff with modern creativity and business is related to efficiency. Where can you remove a step? Where can you just get rid of something that you were doing altogether? The most efficient decision you can make with efficiency planning is to stop doing something altogether. Right. Like that is a 100% improvement on time right there. <laughs> but, but, and that's the thing is that is sometimes creative and yes. much like you mentioned uh, during the episode, that can be a, that can throw a jolt into some, what do you mean we're not going to do that anymore? Right. Right. Yeah, We're right. not going to do it anymore. Well, why that prevents uh, a 0.1% Loss of revenue. I, yeah, but we're spending one percent of our revenue and labor doing that. It's right. ten times more expensive for us right. to keep doing it. Leave so no stone unturned. That's creative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, just it, it's really so, about.
1: You know, I did a, a keynote um, with a disaster restoration group in January or December. I can't. I
0: can't. That, remember those it. people have to be creative a lot, dude.
1: Yeah. I mean, talk yeah. about a, uh, an industry yeah. that is not. Um, you know a guy, on but their a...
0: solution is a lot of times you get there and you're like, Oh my god, how is that? How is there a volcano erupting from your basement floor? And they're like, Yeah, I don't know, it just you know, it just really started spitting lava. Up. I mean, can you suck it up? Can you do that? well? It's not really what the machine's made for, but right, I think we get right. creative.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> man, uh, it's crazy. Um. You know, and and so a guy came up after and was like, oh, yeah, I was checking my email the whole time or no, he was like, oh, I had to email people. And all I was thinking while you were talking was that you took an hour out of my productivity, out of my efficiency by by talking. And I'm like, I like you. You're my kind of dude. So we started talking. He signs up for like the, the basic sort of, you know, the cheapest uh Consulting agreement with me, just a few hours or whatever. And the first thing we'd start working on is, you know, he's like, okay, show me how I can be more creative. What do I need? A new website? I'm like, dude, were you not listening to the lecture? He's like, no, I told you that already. I'm like, okay. So we start looking at his sales pipeline because people generally want to see like ROI instantly. You're creative. We're paying you. Give us ROI, you know? So we started looking into sales and it turns out that his invoices, um, you know, were his proposals excuse me were you know written like a lawyer they were like 17 pages long i'm like let's take this all out let's write three paragraphs and let's write a story and then he was like we've never done that why would we do that things are working i'm like how are they working he's like i'm you know making i'm converting nine percent i'm like okay how is that he's like industry standard i'm like are you happy with that he's like uh, absolutely not. I want to go to like 11% of clothes, you know, that would be way better and I would make more money. I'm like, great, let's get creative. So he was like, no, we can My uncle, you know, the founder of the company 30 years ago. Ah, And I said, okay, let's just change it and let's send it out to 10 people. And of course, you know, eight out of the 10 people were like, cool. Now, the, the proposal is a story. Mary burned the turkey on Thanksgiving. You know, that was like the first sentence of it. And people started buying it. I'm like, let's look at your billing model. He's like, that is no, nothing we are ever going to touch. No, no, no. You know, I was like, okay, cool. Let's get creative and, you know, let's do it for a small population. He's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, let's go a la carte. Why are all disaster restorations? Uh, uh, services charging lump sum. Listen, dude, I did a, a talk for software people. This might be accurate for you, Matt, and I told them that most software people, most people in the software industry create a product that nobody needs, but they've convinced themselves that like, oh, I'm going to create something and everybody's going to save the world, but like literally nobody wants it. Okay, And so this is a similar case where he thought that if you deviate from lump sum, nobody would want it. But it turned out that when we did his invoicing uh, a la carte, more people signed up. That is a creative idea. And yes, people did sign up for the cheaper package, but overall – because he had good service and, and people enjoyed the experience, they ended up signing up for the whole thing, which made him something like 22% more per customer, right? It's time to get creative, people. It's like, this isn't about playing a trumpet or whatever, even though that's awesome. And if you're into that, that that's great. But what I am advocating is for you to leave no rock unturned in your business, Matt and your listeners, leave no rock unturned. If it's just tweaking the input form on the website, just a little bit to get, you know, a 400% sign signup uh, um, boost, then that's really, really important. But it's not about just things that you can do. It's uh, also about things that you're not doing. Um, what are you in your business today um, not looking at? that could spend, uh, could benefit from a spend of some time and creativity on in order to maximize its potential. I think it's right there for the taking, you need to look the entire pipeline of your business and start to inject, leave no rock unturned, inject creativity at every single turn and where something might get you a 0.5% gain here or a 1.1% gain there, stuff starts adding up and pretty soon you got a very nimble, effective machine.
0: And that's Nir Bashan, everyone, the author of The Creator Mindset. And you can learn more about Nir Bashan by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, look, dude, I'm all fired up. I want to go do some creative shit. I want to make some money. All so right. I'm going to see you next time. For sure, man. I'd love to be back.